Live Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to troubleshoot audio issues during a live stream. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about spectator-friendly board games. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Night Market and the Adventure Zone Bureau of Balance. Then, we talk about board games that can be just as much fun to watch as they are to play. And now, here are your hosts, Amby and Crystal. We don't have any big announcements for this episode, but we did want to remind you that the thing we started doing during the pandemic, we're still doing, and that's streaming on our Twitch channel. Yeah. So we're actually doing it regularly now. I had had a Thursday night board game stream pretty regular, but now Crystal also has a Tuesday night board game stream. Yeah. Specifically escape room board games. <laughs> I came to the realization that my backlog of escape room games was getting too big Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm not able to get together with friends to play them. So I'm now playing them every Tuesday night on our Twitch channel at 7.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Pacific. So you all can come and play along with me. And the chat has been invaluable for me so far in helping with my my streams. And mm-hmm. Ambie is even joining me every mm-hmm. other week right now for those, um, because we had a couple of games that we both received. And so we're yeah. playing them remotely, but simultaneously, basically. Yep. And Crystal's joining me every other week on the other other weeks <laughs> for the Thursday night streams. Which, I, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this episode the second it drops, but tonight's stream, which people mm-hmm. could still go back and watch even if they missed the live yeah. event, I'm really excited about. Yeah, we're going to be playing Dungeon Pets! Finally! You all yes. heard us talking about this for years, that Ambi was going to teach me Dungeon Pets. Well, guess what, y'all? It's actually happening the day this episode comes out. So either if you're listening today, come by our Twitch channel tonight to watch, or if you're listening to this after the fact, head to our Twitch channel and look up the uh, past episodes, and uh, it should be up there for two weeks. And then Ambi will put it up on our YouTube channel uh, yep. after the fact as well. Yeah, and I'm actually uploading all of our board game playthroughs from Twitch onto our YouTube channel, edited out, so it's like mostly just the gameplay. So I've been doing that, and I think I'm mostly caught up now. So you can see all of our old Twitch streams on YouTube, too. Which is pretty exciting, because they only stick around on Twitch for a couple of weeks, yeah. and so now they will live on in perpetuity. <laughs> Recently, I got a review preview copy of Night Market which is an upcoming Kickstarter game, 2021, designed by Adam Zwayne and published by Talon Strike Studios. So I think it's coming to Kickstarter on March 9th, which is after this episode releases. So the, the copy I got, I think, was pre-production or something. There were some, like, misprints in the rulebook and stuff, so hopefully that will be fixed in the actual copy. So Night Market is a two-to-four-player board game that's a like Euro game for that's 60 to 90 minutes where you are running a Taiwanese night market. You're putting the stalls together, getting food and then selling them to customers, selling the food to customers. There are four rounds in the game, each with a day phase and a night phase. In the day phase, you do worker placement to get goods and do special actions. So there's like a grid of places and you, you place your workers on each place to get the goods or on lantern places to get special actions. And then the night phase, you have your own player board and your own customers that you've gotten during the day, and you place your goods on your little stalls to sell the customers. The rulebook has an interesting way to introduce the game, and there's a tutorial 
that you like gives you starting stuff and you can play the night phase first before the game. So like as a build up, which kind of teaches you what you're trying to do with the customers. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is neat. Yeah, so we we played that. I played it two player with Toby and we played the tutorial leading into a full game. So the way the worker placement works, it has a grid. You have five workers you place on the grid spaces. But if you place so that like if you place in a later turn that you have a meeple two spaces away from where you're placing. So like one of your old meeples was already there and then you place two spaces away. So there's like your meeple and then a space and then your new place to meeple. Then you get a bonus. So you get the good where you place the meeple, but then also the good between the two meeples. So like if you have multiple meeples on the board, it like chains up and you can get a bunch of goods by placing one meeple because like if it's if it lines up with multiple meeples, that's cool. Also, if you place a meeple so there's three in a row, you get all three goods. So you can like do the two and then do one in the middle and then get three in a row and get all of those goods again. <laughs> so there's Halloween, a lot of combos. like that always feels so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like that part. And then there's also some spaces where you have to pay money. They're called lantern spaces. They give you actions like buying chef meeples, which are extra meeples, or building stalls onto your player board and attracting customers, which are these cards. Those all cost money to do. So that's the day phase. And then there's like some blocking on the worker placement. And at night phase, it's all just your personal board. So that's simultaneous. You need to place the goods that you've gotten into the stalls on your board. And your board is laid out in a grid as well. And Stalls are little boxes that you put in the grid that have circles in them, and that's where you can put the goods. And then the customers have pictures on them of the player board configuration that's like the grid, and then circles of the goods that they want in the locations. So they can buy a good from each stall, but it has to be from that location. This was really hard to keep track of everything because each stall holds multiple goods. And when you're glancing at it, it seems like the customers can buy multiple from the stalls just because like the circles from the customer card look like the circles on the stall. But it just means like that the customer can buy one from there. So it's really hard to keep track of it during that phase. So um, both Toby and I did not really enjoy keeping track of all of that. It was a lot of upkeep for this game because there's all these goods that you're putting on your player board and then selling them to the customers. And you have to keep track of like which locations you sold and put it on the customer card. And that was a lot of stuff. So the, the bookkeeping part of it was yeah. less enjoyable. Yeah. So overall, uh, I liked the worker placement part and the buildup, like the comboing and stuff. But because of like keeping track of everything, that was hard. And also the game didn't feel very thematic. It didn't really feel like a night market. It, the yeah, it just felt like getting combos and stuff. And while we were playing, we weren't excited by the theme, but we had been super excited about the theme, trying to play it because Toby's Taiwanese and we like food and night markets. Um, so we were disappointed because it didn't feel thematic. And then also the night phase gameplay didn't really enjoy it. So yeah, we, we were disappointed in night market. There were some uh, inconsistencies with the rulebook that I mentioned earlier, but this was a preview copy, so I'm not sure if it will look different. Also, there were some, it was difficult to tell the fronts and backs of some of the components. Each of the, the components, the stalls are double-sided and the cards also were double-sided and it's hard to tell like which cards are which set of card for setup. So... And like the starter cards, the difference between the starter cards and the regular cards is like a tiny number in the in the bottom corner 
it says S1 instead of just like a regular number. Uh, so it was very difficult to tell. Like that that wasn't very clear. So, so yeah, a lot of the, uh, I guess, production wasn't clear. And it was the gameplay also, like with all of the customers in the night phase, was kind of hard to keep track of. So I, if if all of that got fixed, I think it would be a lot clearer and and more fun to play but as it was we were disappointed in night market your face you're so <laughs> sad i know we wanted to like it yeah well ambi over our next couple of episodes you and i are going to be doing something that we don't get to do that often here on the podcast and that is yeah. reviewing a game together oh my gosh <laughs> It only took a global pandemic to make it happen, but um, we very kindly received two copies of Mm -hmm. the Adventure Zone board game, the Adventure Zone Bureau of Balance, which is based on the very popular Adventure Zone podcast that was started by the folks over from My Brother, My Brother and Me, which I'm sure many of you have heard of if you aren't already a fan. The Adventure Zone board game is kind of one of those hybrid board game RPGs. So it's got a lot of storytelling in it. And Ambi, you and I played this together on our Twitch channel. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So this is one you can look back at the Twitch VOD or on YouTube, which might be posted by the time this podcast releases. We'll see. But yeah, so to see our play, but we played two player, which is slightly different than more players because... There, there's like storytelling part, but then you're also attempting challenges and trying to get certain strength number level to, to defeat the challenges and you can help each other, but you can only help one person per round. So with two players, you're just both helping each other all the time. Whereas with like multiple players, you'll be helping different people each time. Yeah, and they do they do modify the rules a little bit for a two-player yeah. game to make it easier, especially if you don't have all of the um, mm-hmm. particular abilities in your party, which obviously with a two-player game you're not going to. Yeah. So they do mitigate some of that pretty well. But what's really neat about this game is the variability in its setup, because mm-hmm. there are 12 different decks that come with the game that will help build the story and the adventure that you're going on. There are four villain decks, four relic decks and four location decks and you choose one of each of those things one deck from each category and that will make up the story that you're going to tell and they they have some information on them but you use what little they give you and you build on it and say why have are these things all shoved together so in our game we were playing with the dark lord as the villain the ring as the relic and the train as the location. And so we, <laughs> we we ended up going on an adventure to find... Uh, the Dark Lord's name was Growl. Oh. And when he was a kid, he lo- put a tooth under his pillow and the tooth fairy never came and got it. And so he forged a ring out of this tooth and it was called Molar. <laughs> and then he was trying to get this ring back and we were trying to get the, to the ring before him. <laughs> Like, it was fully ridiculous and so delightful. <laughs> yeah. We ended up losing. Well, we actually defeated the Dark Lord, but we couldn't find the ring and the train. No, we didn't, we didn't defeat the Dark Lord, I think. Oh, we, oh no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we came were, so close, we were there. though. We, we close, yeah. And then, but we couldn't find the ring and then the train reached the end, which was actually a button that ended the <laughs> internet. <laughs> Which, that's not in every game. That's, that's what was in that's, our game. Yeah, that was, 
Yeah, so like all of these things that we said were things, there were prompts, like like what's the name of the Dark Lord? How is he connected to the ring? And that's what we came up with with help from the chat. Like, So the prompts kind of help us create this story, which was really fun. I think it does a really good job of that thing that like, I think a lot of people are scared of in any RPG-esque game is mm-hmm. that fear that you aren't going to know what to say or what to do. Like when somebody yeah. says, okay, you go, you know, your brain freezes and you don't know what to say. This game does yeah. a really good job of giving you prompts and questions that help drive the story. So mm-hmm. if you're a really creative person, those are just a jumping off point. And if you're somebody who tends to be a little bit hard, like you can't really dig stuff out of your brain that easily, they give you a starting place to just like work from and you can keep it simple if you want. There's no rules about how elaborate the story you create has to be. Uh, mm-hmm. You just get to go on an adventure and yeah. it's so delightful. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's really great if you want to do like a role-playing type game because a lot of the RPG board game combos that I've played haven't felt as much like RPGs, like role-playing games. Um, But this one gave me more of a feeling like Dungeons & Dragons or other RPGs where you're doing the storytelling because RPGs are, for the ones that I've played, are more emphasized on the storytelling and just making a story together kind of. And so this had a lot of that feeling just without a dungeon master and um it's also just one a one-time play that was pretty quick (laughs) so if you don't have time for a full rpg this this is great absolutely and they even have specific setups of the 12 Mm -hmm. decks that like they have recommend based on a number like do you want it easier or harder or shorter Mm -hmm. or longer like they have suggested setups that will help facilitate those things as well so yeah I, I'm really digging it. I, I kind of want to play it on stream again, just because I really do enjoy telling stories. I mean, I'm a writer for a living, so that makes sense. But like, (laughs) it, it's fun to just create a story. And it, you know, ours ended up being silly. It doesn't always (laughs) have to be silly. Of course, my character was also wearing a bunny hat. So (laughs) I was an undead wizard (laughs) wearing a bunny hat. So... But needless to say, I think this one, if you have any interest in RPG style board games and you want to just like go on an adventure and that's what you want to do. And like Mm -hmm. the mechanisms that facilitate that adventure aren't necessarily the thing that you're most concerned about because they're not bad in this game, but the mechanisms are incredibly simple. Where this game shines is in the the story it facilitates in the storytelling. So if that is something that you're looking for in a board game, I would highly recommend this. And I would even say, obviously, we haven't seen all of the decks, but I would say this would be a really great family game as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so if you've got, like, not really young kids, but, you know, like, a little bit older kids or, like, some preteens, yeah, this one would be a great way to get their little creative brains going and mm-hmm. to tell a really fun story as a family. Yeah. And that was the Adventure Zone Bureau of Balance game. We keep harping on the fact that we stream on Twitch because it's something (laughs) that we're doing a lot of lately. And it's fun. And we enjoy doing it. And people seem to enjoy watching it. And that made us think, what games, what board games are fun to watch? We talk all the time about what games are fun to play, but... Maybe you've heard us talking about Twitch and you're like, I don't watch people play games. I just play games. But should you? Should you be watching us play games? I mean, it doesn't have to be us, but like, <laughs> I think that there are some games. 
I actually know of one in particular that for me, I never want to play, but I always enjoy watching. <laughs> so I'm like one of these people that says, I don't watch games. I like playing them. Um, this happens in all types of games, like sports. I don't like watching. Um, but I don't know if we have the same one that we like watching, but I do know that one game that I will not want to play but will want to watch is Spyfall. Um, ah, see, mine is Space Team. Oh, okay. Because I like playing that one. <laughs> too frantic for me. Yeah. Like I, I can't handle the stress. But watching other people get stressed out by it, I'm yeah. all in for. Oh, and um, Bunny Bunny Moose Moose is also a very fun one to oh, watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I think having played that with you once, I would yeah. prefer to watch. Although yeah. it was also fun to play, but it's stressful. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of games that are stressful are can be more fun to watch than play if if it's the type of stress that you don't like. Like for me, Spyfall is the type of stress that I don't like. I don't like coming up with questions and answers on the fly. But watching other people do it, seeing them come up with questions and answers and trying to think of it along with them without the pressure is really fun. So those obviously kind of fit into the party game category. And I would mm -hmm. say that there are a lot of party games that are fun to watch. I mean, there's a reason that Tom often does wits and wagers at, you know, like mm -hmm. big audience shows at conventions, because even if you aren't one of the people playing, which most people are, but if you're not, it's yeah. still enjoyable to watch a party game generally, because there's a lot of kind of big, oh, moments <laughs> and things like that. For me, yeah. when I was at Dice Tower Con, I don't remember how many years ago now, like a few years ago, uh, there were some people kind of late at night playing Word Slam, and I had never played Word Slam before. And like, they were all standing around a table, like two sides of it in a long row. And I don't remember how many people there were. It was like a crowd. And they're all standing, wow. leaning over this table while two people are sitting there manipulating these cards. And they're like whispering and also yelling and getting so excited. <laughs> and I just was like drawn. It was like magnetic for me to go over and see what this thing was. And of course, now I'm just as obsessed with word slam so <laughs> yeah and another thing with uh wits and wagers like trivia games i think is fun to watch because you can kind of guess along it's it's like interactive with the person watching even though you're not actually playing you can pretend you're playing so for me i like games like that where i can kind of play along while i'm watching <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Eric and I on Dice Tower Tonight play mm -hmm. games all the time where the chat either can participate or can just kind of help a little. Yeah. Like they can watch what we're doing and make suggestions to us or whatever else. So there's that interactive nature, especially with a live streamed game. Mm -hmm. But as far as like non-live stream, like in-person games that are fun to watch, another category that mm -hmm. I tend to enjoy a lot um, are dexterity games, especially mm, yeah. the giant sized versions that yeah. you sometimes find at conventions. Like, <laughs> giant catch the moon or any of the mm -hmm. like in that B bgg con area with all the big dexterity games like yes. i don't need to play them i can just stand around and watch other people play them and it's just as enjoyable for me yeah or they have those huge events like the battling tops oh my <laughs> gosh yeah they like turn that into that's, like a spectacle that's a spectacle yeah yeah <laughs> So we also mentioned some real-time games, and I think that, that the mm -hmm. reason real-time games work is because they do tend to be frantic in nature. And what's interesting is even the, like, kind of more strategic real-time games are still, at least for me, enjoyable to watch. So something like Kitchen Rush, mm -hmm. which is more traditional board game than I think 
some other real-time games. Like, there's a lot to it. I can yeah. still go over and, like, lean down and, like, watch them just staring at that timer waiting for it to run out so they can move it. Like, that's fun for me, like, to watch that little bit of tension without having to feel it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess with real-time games, too, there's always something happening. Because with, with other games that are turn-based or more strategy, thinky games, like someone's just sitting and thinking on their turn. So there's nothing moving as much, whereas in real-time right. games, there's, there's nothing to all actually watch. <laughs> yeah, so there's more to watch. If you're just, like, walking around watching. With uh, live streams, people tend to narrate their actions more, so Euro games work for that as well, I think. That's true. It does. It, it is interesting to me how much longer games take to play when we stream mm-hmm. them because... <laughs> We are trying to make moves that would essentially be innocuous. We're trying to, A, describe them, and B, make them more interesting when we're streaming a game. Yeah. And I sometimes will even, like, go through, like, what's in my head to some mm-hmm. degree, which I think, I mean, I don't know if other people are like me, but when I'm watching other people play a game, I'm, especially depending on the quality of the overhead camera... This is a dig at myself, in case anyone's not aware. Sometimes you can't see all the detail. And so for me, the most interesting part is hearing why they're doing what they're doing, not necessarily just looking at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I talk about that even when I'm playing with people, like just the people that I'm playing with a lot of the times. (laughs) (laughs) That's because it's fun to talk about why. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I... I, talking out loud can definitely help me kind of like mm-hmm. suss through some strategic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Another type of game that we actually talked about in the recently played is a uh, like story games or RPGs. So those are fun to watch because it's like you're listening to someone tell a story. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that critical role has become the phenomenon that it is. And that is mm-hmm. people enjoy a good story. Mm-hmm. I we don't play a lot of storytelling games on our channel. Mm-hmm. I've actually considered playing through a campaign of Forgotten Waters. I've mentioned that before. I've considered playing Fog of Love as well. Fog of Love is such an interesting game, and I don't get to play it that often. <laughs> but I I like stories, and I like telling mm-hmm. stories and sharing stories and creating stories with other people. And I think it's a really it's an especially cool way to connect with people when we are playing games remotely, and not just the person you're playing with, but potentially the chat. And what was neat about our gameplay for the Adventure Zone was that chat contributed some of those pieces of the story. We asked yeah. them you know, why did this happen? And we let the chat contribute. So now they're helping us craft the story. Yeah, that was neat. And I think that helps them feel a little bit more invested in it, you know? Hopefully. I mean, yeah, that's the goal, right? We're telling you how you felt, chat. (laughs) So I, I mean, there are specific examples. We've given a few of them already. But like, generally, I think for a game to be spectatable, I don't know if that's a word, it needs to have something that will catch people's interest, but that doesn't have to be one specific thing. It can be the visual, it can be the story, or it can be the drama, which like in the case of those real time, the frantic games, Mm -hmm. like it's kind of the same reasons why you would watch anything. But I think most people just don't even really think about those aspects existing in board games all the time. Yeah, like calling real time games drama. Like, (laughs) I don't I mean, know if I connect to that, but yeah, it is. That's a good description of it. We should we should start we should like list out the different like television show um <laughs> like uh genres and put games into those yeah. categories. Okay, but the thing is what would fit into police procedural? <laughs> would like detective? 
or like oh, Chronicles of Crime. That that would be the police procedural, right? That's interesting yeah. to watch. <laughs> That's actually I'm gonna board games are have the same genres as, te- as television shows. You've heard it here first, folks. That's what I've determined just now. That's the light bulb moment when my bunny ears popped up. <laughs> And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. If you've heard the great reviews about After the Empire and you want to experience this amazing work replacement game for yourself, you can order it directly from grayfoxgames.com. Gray Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support their show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Boardgameblitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, game! I'm gonna play forever. I'm gonna learn how to win. Bye, everyone! Bye! Until next time... <laughs> It says game. Wait, oh, so I have to say game. game. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Wait, how does that go? (laughs) Game! I'm gonna play forever! Okay. Oh, because that's, like, the background. Okay.